Thank you for joining us and welcome back Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias. With me today is the proud owner of a three-game winning streak. It's Kyla. I'm so excited to do my recap. (laughs) Oh, how the tables have turned. We'll get to both of our victories in a second. As always, we will also have our winners and losers from week seven, good and bad fantasy matchups for week eight. We'll have injury updates and our game of the week. But first, Kyla's team, Finkel is Einhorn, had a week (laughs) for the ages. Uh Uh-huh. I had an amazing week. Not only did I win my game against the top-ranked team in the league, I outscored every team in the league. So no matter who I played this week, I still would have won. But Quite quite the humble brag there you've got. (laughs) But also, according to my Yahoo game summary, I achieved the third highest score of any team in our league this season. Finkel is Einhorn outperformed the 122-point projection it was given by Yahoo. (laughs) So, as we've said, you know, the point projections are made up and they don't matter. (laughs) But my team scored 173.88 points, and I beat my opponent, COVID Crusaders, by 30 points. Which, side note here, COVID Crusaders is Jesse, former co-worker of mine who likes to talk a lot of shit. So I'm super happy that I beat him. I have not talked shit to him yet, but I do plan to. So nice. just a little side note there. Every one of my starting lineup achieved double-digit points, with the exception of my kicker, Daniel Carlson, who still earned a respectable nine points for a kicker. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Even my defense, Washington against Dallas, scored 17 points. From here, I'm going to move from my lowest scoring to my highest scoring. I'm going to save the best for last. Allen Robinson was my lowest scorer with 11 points. He had four receptions for 70 yards. He exited that game late, but the Bears offense really could not do anything, so I don't think it would have mattered if he had stayed in or not. I ended up going with Jared Cook as my tight end over Jimmy Graham, who I think was who I had in my lineup initially last week when we recorded the podcast. But with Michael Thomas out again, it turned out to be the right decision because Jimmy Graham on my bench finished with 8.1 points while Jared Cook scored 12.2, which, you know, is good for your tight end spot. I'm happy with that at my tight end spot considering I've had Hayden Hurst and Mike Gusecki in there for weeks doing nothing. Next was Clyde Edwards-Elair with 13.3 points. Luckily, he finally found the end zone this week. Otherwise, his day would have been terrible. The Chiefs didn't run the ball much or even have to play that much offense against the Broncos, unfortunately. The Broncos game was rough. Yeah. It was very rough. The Chiefs' defense and the special teams both scored touchdowns in that game, right? Yeah, they sure did. Yeah. They scored in all three phases. (laughs) The true sign of a real ass whooping. Um, Clyde only got nine carries compared to Le'Veon Bell's six carries, which is concerning. We know Bell is going to get carries, but we still did not get a good picture of how they're both going to be used in that offense. Well, since, like I said, they didn't have to run that much offense in this game. (laughs) Next was Kenny Galladay, and he got 19.4 points with six receptions for 114 yards. Todd Gurley came through again with 82 total yards, two receptions, and two touchdowns. 
for 22.2 points. And my good pal, A.J. Brown, scored a whopping 29.3 points from six catches for 153 yards and a touchdown. I love A.J. Brown. He is my new best friend. <laughs> um, now, last, but certainly not least, if you listened last week, you'll already know that I snatched Justin Herbert mid-podcast after we talked about him having such a good matchup. Elias chose him as one of his good matchups last week. That snap decision ended up being a great one because he scored 40 points in our league. 347 passing yards and three touchdowns to go along with 66 rushing yards and another score on the ground. So we're patting ourselves on the back for that one. Elias is taking some of the credit for that. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say you're welcome. <laughs> and I, you're, you're welcome for Herbert's performance. And a little bit of a humble brag for us both. Our predictions, our predictions last week were pretty good. Yeah, I, mine we were did pretty not. Well. Yeah, I did okay. Mine are were not as good as I feel like they normally are, but that's all right. Devontae Freeman was a huge bust, but that was because he got injured, not because. <laughs> well, still, I mean, it's still a, a tally in 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 your column, so to speak. Yeah, that's because true. he didn't do well. Swift did super well, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see, where was I? Oh. I was about to say what a beautiful week it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all you had left. <laughs> it's not all I have left, though. <laughs> uh, on my bench, the only thing worth noting was that Kenyon Drake um, got injured. He left with an injury, and then Chase Edmonds proceeded to score 21 and a half points. So I could have had an even bigger week if I'd started Chase Edmonds. But hopefully, I mean, not. I'm not happy that Kenyon Drake got an injury. I'm glad that it's not serious and he's not going to miss the whole season. But maybe this will give us some clarity on this situation. Maybe Chase Edmonds will now keep this job. You know, that's yeah. kind of what I'm hoping for. Right. So we'll see how that goes. But now I've won three straight games. Like you said, I'm three and four. I have moved up from 10th. And dead last place in our league to seventh place, which is a pretty good jump. And the team ahead of me is also three and four, but she has 43 points more than me. So I could overtake her this week for sure if she loses. Well, I'm playing her actually, so I will definitely overtake her if I beat her. <laughs> I am almost in, in the playoff spot. I'm still alive. I'm not that far behind. So I had a bleak start to the season, but things are looking up for me. So a few things. After week four, <laughs> you were just demoralized. You, yeah. You were contemplating your existence <laughs> on this earth. You were like, how is this happening? I am 0-4. I shouldn't be 0-4 with this team. What is going on? And I said, don't lose faith. <laughs> don't lose faith. You, you know, you, you could always pick up Justin Herbert. There are, <laughs> there are things you can do and yeah. look at you now you're three and four you're in the mix in the playoff yeah. hunt uh a few things about your week you started the washington defense against your favorite team the cowboys which is savage yeah that is a savage move to start a defense <laughs> against your favorite team i yeah. wish i still had the chiefs though to start against the broncos because that would have went very well yeah and then uh all the stuff that happened at the end of the lions <laughs> and, and falcons game yeah. It really played into your favor. 
Yeah, it did. That was amazing because, yeah, because Todd Gurley got that touchdown at the end of the game, and then Kenny Galladay caught some amazing passes. On the final drive to get the Lions down there into range to score that touchdown. Yeah. And, and Gurley, you know, on that, that touchdown, he stops at the line thinking, tried, oh, yeah. maybe I should fall down. All we need is a field goal. Oh, I can't do it. And he fell into the end zone. Yeah. And then the Lions drive down. And they win, and the Falcons, yet again, find a way yeah. to lose and yeah. make my playoff prediction for them look even worse, even though they should be, <laughs> they should be, have they played seven games? I think they have. Yeah, I think I'm not so. not sure if they've had their bye yet, so they should be three and four, four and three. Yeah. But instead, they're one and six. So. Yeah, that's crazy. I And you know, Todd Gurley knew, I mean, obviously, he tried to stop himself that this could happen. Which is unfortunate for the Falcons, but great for my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So I was able to win as well, 153.42 to 149. Close it was one. close. Oh, yeah. It was close due to the Sunday night game and the Monday night games. I had kicker Zane Gonzalez managed to hit clutch kicks late for 16 points on Sunday night, but Chris Carson got hurt and left. Seattle's loss early in the first half of that game. And that's where things got a little dicey for me. Yeah. Uh, because the five points from Carson was nothing compared to my opponent having Tyler Lockett. You're going to talk a little bit more about Lockett here coming up. But Lockett put up 55 points, which <laughs> completely swung my matchup and made it possible for me to lose on Monday. My opponent had Cooper Cup and the Rams defense going, and I was leading just... Uh, by 31.32 points. Luckily, Cup finished with just 11.9 because the Rams' defense dominated the Bears for 15 points, which yeah. I did not see coming, but I was able to hang on to win by just 4.42 points. Wow. Very grateful that that happened because I lost in my other two leagues, and if I had lost in this one in the same fashion, <laughs> I it would have been just like the most demoralizing fantasy week that I've had in a long time. But yeah. it didn't happen. I won. <laughs> With Lamar Jackson on a bye, I started Drew Brees, not Justin Herbert, because <laughs> someone who I will not mention picked up <laughs> Herbert before I could do it. However, Drew Brees responded to the challenge he had his best fantasy game of the year with 23.68 points. He threw for 287 yards, two touchdowns, and he added a score on the ground. My receivers were all amazing. Calvin Ridley had 19.9 points. Chris Godwin caught nine passes for 88 yards and a touchdown for 23.8 points. And in my flex, Tyler Boyd caught 11 passes for 101 yards and a touchdown for 29.74 points. On my bench, Deontay Johnson went off for 29 points because, of course, he did because he was on my bench. If I had started him, <laughs> he would have gotten hurt immediately. Which he did get hurt. It just wasn't immediate. Yeah, he got hurt later in the game. I honestly didn't consider playing him because I'm definitely afraid now that he's going to get hurt every single time. And he's questionable for this week. Yeah. And even if he plays, I'm probably not going to start him just yeah. because I'm I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I've played him, he's gotten hurt. He's gotten one point. Yeah. And I just can't have that. I think um, you ended up losing both of those games, too, that you played him and he got hurt in. I believe so. So, so yeah, if not for him, there's a distinct chance I could be five and two, but <laughs> moving on. 
I also have Debo Samuel, who got 12.2 points before getting hurt in the 49ers win over the Patriots. Uh, Derrick Henry, he had a dependable 75 yards and a touchdown for 15.2 points. I also started the aforementioned Chris Carson at RB. On my bench, Antonio Gibson had 20.8 points, which was encouraging to see him bounce back. It would have kind of pissed me off if... uh, if I had lost and not played Gibson, but yeah. obviously, like I said, didn't happen. At tight end, I dropped Dalton Schultz and picked up Austin Hooper with Mark Andrews on a bye, but then Hooper had his appendix taken out, so <laughs> I had to drop Hooper real quick, and I snagged Eric Ebron, who played well. Six catches for 50 yards. He had 11 points. If I would have kept and played Schultz, I would have lost. Uh, strangely enough, my opponent actually picked up Schultz and played him, which and helped me out a lot. Yeah, wow. Lastly, the Philadelphia defense got me nine points. I will be keeping them for this week when they play the Dallas Cowboys, who yeah. are in absolute shambles right now. Yep. I sit at four and three, and I believe I'm in fourth place. And uh, hoping for another win here. But yeah. a close call, and I'm thankful to escape. Yeah, yeah. We both won. It's a good week. Moving on to our winners and losers of the week. I will. We already mentioned Tyler Lockett, so I'll just jump right into that. My winner of the week is Tyler Lockett. Obvious choice here. I don't know how. I feel like one of us had to pick him because he had the best week of anyone all season. Um, He had an amazing day against Arizona despite the Seahawks suffering their first loss. He finished that game with 15 receptions for 200 yards and three touchdowns. I thought when he played Dallas that that would be his game of the year, the three touchdowns against Dallas, but I was wrong. He finished (laughs) with 55 points in our league, like you said, and was the highest scorer in fantasy in week seven. And I I think the highest scorer in fantasy all season. Um, So definite winner of the week for me. I think he had 20 targets too, didn't he? I well, he had more than fifteen because he had fifteen catches. But well, I, <laughs> sure, they just it it was amazing, and yeah. I I kept thinking, you know, it can't get worse, it can't get worse, <laughs> it can't get worse. He's not going to get closer, and he did. I thought, you know, after the half that they would come out and have a different game plan, but and I I don't know how much of this came after the half, but still, two hundred yards and three touchdowns on fifteen catches that. I can't believe that any defense would allow one single player that much. (laughs) Yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. They just kept going after him, and the Cardinals couldn't stop it. And as for my fantasy game, I think Lockett may have caught a couple of passes in overtime. I don't really remember how many points he got in overtime. Mm -hmm. But the game going to overtime really helped me because I won by four and Zane Gonzalez hit the game winning field goal and the game tying field goal at the end of regulation. So the way that things work out sometimes is kind of goofy. Yeah. My winner of the week, if Lockett was the top scorer, I'm pretty sure Adams was the number two. My Mm -hmm. winner is Devontae Adams, a receiver for the Packers. He looked healthy against Houston. He finished with 46.6 PPR points. Uh, 13 catches, 196 yards, and two touchdowns. The Packers were doing everything they could to feed him the ball, 
uh, screens, play action. They would fake a reverse to a, a receiver coming across to the near side just to free up open space on the far side. And then Adams <laughs> would sneak over there and they would they would throw it across the formation. Pretty much anything to get him in w- wide open space. He was definitely the vocal point of the offense. He had the, like I said, the second best score in fantasy in week seven. And this week he has the Vikings. So I would look out for more points. Yeah, for sure. It's coming. It was his second 40 plus point game of the season, which is crazy. And he's only played four four games. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. He's only yeah. been in four games. Two of them are more than 40 points. That is ridiculous. <laughs> um, my loser of the week is Cam Newton. He looked great to start the season, but not so much in week seven. Even in week six, he did not look good. But this week, he threw for only 98 yards and three interceptions before being benched for Jarrett Stidham. Stidham? Stidham. Stidham. Jarrett Stidham. Both Newton and Coach Belichick claim that his recent stint with COVID-19 is not affecting him. And Newton says that his right shoulder is fine. But there's definitely something wrong here. It doesn't help that the receivers are not a strong group of receivers. Belichick has said he is still the starter moving forward, but throwing three picks and getting benched. He finished with negative 0.18 points. (laughs) (laughs) So that is definitely loser of the week in my eyes, especially after such a strong star. I mean, people were talking about him being the MVP, you know, in the first couple of games. He looked amazing. Yeah, he did. And, uh, you know, I hope that the Patriots go two and 14. (laughs) No offense to Cam Newton. I hope the Bills win this week and that they win the division. I'm so tired of the Patriots, but that is a personal grievance. Uh, It was a bummer for for Cam Newton. I you've got to think he's going to bounce back. They're too talented not to. But the Patriots have had a couple of bad weeks in a row, especially the way they lost to the Broncos and then the Broncos show up the next week and just get trounced. Yeah. I think that tells you a little bit about how the Patriots are playing. Mm-hmm. So my loser of the week is Jarek McKinnon, the running back for the 49ers. McKinnon's game gave me like a serious David Johnson flashback from last season. Yep. McKinnon was supposed to be the starting RB for the 49ers, but instead Jeff, Wilson Jr. got all the work. Uh, McKinnon didn't play in the first half, and then he wound up with three carries for a negative one yard. Coach Kyle Shanahan then comes out after the game and says the team was resting McKinnon uh-huh. because of the workload he has received so far this season, but there was no indication at all that that was going to be the case going into the game. He just straight up didn't play which is yeah. essentially what Cliff Kingsbury did last season a couple of times with David Johnson <laughs> on the Cardinals. They had a game against the Giants last year where all the fantasy, you know, Yahoo, ESPN, everybody said, David Johnson is healthy. Plug him into your lineup. He's an RB1. He had one carry and was taken out of the game. And then Chase Edmonds went off for, I want to say, like 35 points or something like that. Yeah. And that's essentially what happened in this game. In a different league, I started McKinnon. I'm just staring at my screen, wondering what the hell is happening. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm seeing these tweets and it says, you know, uh, that he basically is on the sideline, not even wearing his helmet. Like he's, he wasn't even in like the rotation yeah. until late in the game when Jeff Wilson Jr. got hurt. So I guess these things happen every once in a while, but a little heads up from Kyle Shanahan would have been nice for the fantasy community. I realize that's not his job, yeah. but it, it was frustrating. And now McKinnon's role is completely murky and unpredictable. This week, they're saying he's going to get a lot of carries, potentially. Maybe he's just the third down back, and Jamichael Hasty yeah. is the lead back. Maybe Tevin Coleman is coming off of IR, but we don't know any of that yet as of Wednesday, which is today. And uh, <laughs> it's just a situation to avoid. Like, I would love to pick up Jamichael Hasty and plug him in, but I have no idea what's going to happen, and I can't afford right. a zero. Right. It's hard to predict for sure. And I, I read that too after the fact Kyle Shanahan said they always plan to rest McKinnon. Like, of course, that's what we plan to do. Like, why are you surprised? <laughs> and definitely, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's not his job to update the fantasy community, but he could have put a bug in somebody's ear. And yeah. then the fantasy analysts could have been like, mm, well, I've heard they're going to rest McKinnon. So maybe don't play him. But well, <laughs> and frankly, with the way the 49ers run the ball, it doesn't really seem to matter who the running back is. Yeah. I know that's probably unfair to those guys to say that they're all kind of a clone of each other. But if you can plug in any RB in that offense and they can have success, then just let us know who's starting. Yeah. <laughs> just tell <laughs> like, us. It's okay. Then, then it's not hurt to just let us know who's playing. Like, yeah. <laughs> anywho. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to mention, we did not discuss this beforehand, so I don't know if you had plans to mention this before we get into the injuries, were some new signings on oh. the league this week. Um, Antonio Brown was signed to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is not eligible to play this week, uh, but he can start practicing, I think, today with the Bucks. So that's an interesting uh, ad there. Tom Brady apparently just gets whatever he wants and he must have wanted Antonio Brown because since he didn't get to really play with him last season in New England. But the Bucks signed Tom Brady and now they've got Gronk and they've got Antonio Brown. <laughs> Shady McCoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a 2012 All-Star team. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to know how that's how they're going to use him and how it's going to affect the other receivers. I imagine it will hurt Mike Evans the most, but you I never we'll know. I, yeah. I have Godwin and I don't think he's going to lose too much yeah. over it. If anything, I, why wouldn't you plug in Brown to the slot receiver and it would just take away Scotty Miller, which yeah. I mean, are you really losing too much? Right. Right. That's I, I would think you would keep Evans and Godwin on the outside and you can put Brown in the slot, have Gronk a tight end, and all of a sudden your offense is yeah just completely lethal. But Scarier. then it's been a while since Brown has played too. We'll just have to wait and see. He's not yeah. someone that I'm going to pick up. No, me either. Just well, first of all, I just don't want him on my team. <laughs> You know, as a as a fantasy manager, you have to you have to make all the employees happy. You have to make sure everyone <laughs> feels comfortable in the locker safe, room. It's a safe workplace. 
for everyone involved. And I just don't feel that Antonio Brown would be a good fit for my organization. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. So the mean machine is going to you know, stay away from that one. <laughs> yeah. um, the next signing I wanted to mention was Des Bryant to the Ravens practice squad, which I was, I have been rooting for Des Bryant. Like when the Cowboys released Des Bryant, I was happy because I felt like they just weren't on the same page. After the fact, I obviously wondered, you know, with all the the coaching issues last season, wondered what the real issue really was. But Des Bryant tore his Achilles after he got signed with the Saints, never got to play for them. And it seems like I follow him on social media and he's always posting videos of practicing and stuff and how he wants to get back in it. It seems like he's worked so hard. And I'm just really happy that, I mean, it's only the practice squad. I imagine they probably have more plans for him than that, but who knows? But I'm, I'm glad to see him getting back in there. Yeah, I am too. Honestly, uh, he's a good social media follow. He's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> um, I don't know if I don't recall all of his injuries and all that. I don't know if he's quite at the level of like a Wes Welker where it's like, okay, maybe you should just stop playing. But, you know, if he gets to play in some games and he can, you know, have a meaningful role and hasn't lost too much, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. And he is fucking massive. I think he's even bigger now than he was when he played for Dallas. Watching on those videos, he just looks so freaking huge. <laughs> he's a, he's a big man, <laughs> no doubt about that. Okay, all right. Moving on to the injury updates now. The all biggest right. injury of the week: Odell Beckham, wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns, tore his ACL and he is out for the season. Such a sad thing for Odell. He was having a comeback season, and now it's just done. Yeah, a, a friend of mine had Odell in his lineup, and of course Odell got zero because he got hurt, mm-hmm. and my friend lost by a half point. Oh my god! So that's that's kind of how fantasy goes sometimes as well. So yeah. Odell out for the year uh, on our waiver wire list that we put out on social media yesterday. Rashard Higgins, if he's available yeah. in your league. I'm not going to say he's going to produce immediately. You never know what the Browns are going to do with their offense with Odell out, but he's worth a flyer. Yeah. Potentially. A couple more injuries. Chris Carson, the running back for Seattle, sprained his foot. He's expected to miss some time. He is week to week, but they are saying he is most definitely out for week eight. And then Carlos Hyde, who was also on our waiver list and seemed like a plug and play (laughs) starter. He is in my lineup at the moment. I picked him up since I have Carson, but now apparently he has tightness in his hamstring and he is questionable to play in in week eight. Yeah. Travis Homer, who is also a RB for Seattle has a bruised knee. So they're not sure if he's going to play. I bet that's um, the bruised knee. Sorry to interrupt you, but the bruised knee is a thing that AJ Brown was out several weeks with. So that's not looking good. I think so. The number four RB for Seattle is DJ. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and they don't, I guess because of COVID protocols, they can't really even sign any other RBs. So I don't, Seattle could be, hey, more for Tyler Lockett. They're just going to be thrown because they don't have anybody (laughs) to hand the ball off to. That's true. You know, potentially. So they could hand it off to him in the backfield, though they've done that before, haven't they? 
uh, I mean, you might as well, if he's yeah. that good, just give him the balls <laughs> as much as possible. Uh, Kenyon Drake, the RB for Arizona, as we mentioned, he hurt his ankle. He's expected to miss a few weeks with a slight tear and a ligament in his ankle. Allen Robinson, is he questionable at the moment? He is listed as questionable. It is undisclosed, but he exited the game after I think his head hit the ground. So I'm assuming yeah. maybe it's a concussion thing. Yeah, that's what I assumed it was as well. Chris Godwin, a member of the Mean Machine, <laughs> fractured his index finger. And this came out either yesterday or Monday after all the games were over. He had surgery. He will miss week eight. And then Devontae Freeman, the RB for the Giants, hurt his ankle. He did not practice on Tuesday. His status is up in the air. And, oh, your quarterback. I'll, I'll go ahead and let you do this one. <laughs> um, Andy Dalton, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, is in concussion protocol after a piece of shit on the Washington team. Jonathan Bostick. Hit him in the face with his helmet as he was sliding. Knocked his helmet off. I think he probably was knocked out. He was motionless for a minute. And um, obviously, concussion protocol. Ben DiNucci could start in week eight, which ben is... Ben uh, DiNucci! <laughs> which um, is an even bigger downgrade for the Dallas skill players. So, Where temper your expectations. College? I Any don't idea? know... I asked my friend um, who follows a lot of college football who the fuck Ben DiNucci was, and he didn't even know, but he looked it up and told me where he went, and it was not a college I'd even heard of, so I'm not sure I see you're looking it up now. Yeah, I'm going to have to look it up. Oh, James Madison. <laughs> I don't even know where that is. He played some FCS football. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, James Madison is is in Virginia. Not that that is pertinent to this podcast at all, no. but it is in Virginia. Uh, they're pretty good. They're pretty good at football, but you know, it's not Clemson or anything. So wow. we'll see how Ben DiNucci does. It also... <laughs> That's worse than Jeff Driscoll. It, it's bad. I mean, things have gotten bad in Dallas. It honestly doesn't really matter who's playing quarterback, though, because our offensive line is so... Yeah. I mean, they're in shambles. We only have Completely one of our starters by left, injury. Which I think Zach Martin will probably be back this week. He's been in concussion, Paul. But still, I mean, Andy Dalton couldn't do it when he was in the game. And then when Ben DiNucci came in, they just didn't have time to do anything. So it doesn't matter who your quarter. Well, I guess it does matter because Dak Prescott played with the same offensive line and he was able to do stuff. But <laughs> these backup quarterbacks need a little bit of time to do something. So. Anyway, Andy Dalton, questionable. Not like you were playing him anyway, but it does affect the rest of the Dallas offense. You're exactly right, but maybe after a big win over Philadelphia, you'll be saying, you know, Dak who? Ben DiNucci. <laughs> no Ben DiNucci's our man. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, moving on. Julio Jones has popped up on the injury report again with a hip issue. It does not seem to be serious. He was limited in Tuesday's practice, which is a good sign. Joe Mixon, the running back for Cincinnati, has a foot injury. He missed week eight. He is questionable. Coach Zach Taylor says he is day-to-day, -day, so a situation to monitor. As we already talked about, Jeff Wilson, the running back for the 49ers, after having an amazing game, has now been placed on IR. So he will be out at least through week 10. 
other 49ers injuries, Debo Samuel, the wide receiver for San Francisco, has a hamstring issue, and he will miss week eight and likely week nine as well. And then our Broncos portion, which is only two guys, but I'll let you take that. You have a couple of Broncos on here. Philip Lindsay is in the concussion protocol. Uh, he got hit. It was a helmet to helmet. It looked like he was definitely feeling the effects of that before he hit the ground. He seemed out on his feet for a split second. Tim Patrick, he hurt his hamstring. Coach Vic Fangio says he is day-to-day, which is kind of sad because Patrick has been one of the feel-good stories, I think, in the NFL. Just a guy that nobody really expected to do anything this season. Mm -hmm. And he's having a great year with Cortland Sutton now for the year. Yeah. The aforementioned Austin Hooper for the Browns, appendicitis, missed week seven after having an appendectomy, could miss week eight as well. You would think he's still, I have never had my appendix out, but you got to <laughs> think there's still some stitches or something there. Yeah. You know, he probably will miss the week, but you never know. These, these athletes are amazing. And I'll just go ahead and tear through the Philadelphia Eagles section. <laughs> Miles Sanders, RB. He has a knee injury, no update. The original timetable for him was one to two weeks, but he is truly questionable for week eight. Then Dallas Goddard. I guess he has been designated to return, which opens up a 21-day practice window for him to be activated. But reports are saying that he's likely not going to play until week 10 after the Eagles return from their bye. Deshaun Jackson finally got back in the lineup and yeah. then he has an ankle fracture, was placed on IR with his age. It says six to eight weeks, but with his age, I would imagine he's not going to come back this season, but we will see. Yeah. And Alshon Jeffrey, receiver, he <laughs> moved past the foot issue and now is dealing with a calf issue. Will he ever play? That is a great question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And then finally, Jalen Rieger, thumb, uh, placed on IR ahead of week four. He underwent surgery to repair a torn UCL. He was originally supposed to be out six to eight weeks, but he practiced Wednesday and seems to be on track to play week eight against Dallas, which, yeah. okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> so many guys get hurt on the Eagles year after year. It's incredible. It is incredible. And then for the Panthers, a fantasy superstar, Christian McCaffrey. He has a high ankle sprain. He has been designated to return. Coach Matt Rule is hopeful that he will play in week eight. We will see if you picked up Mike Davis but didn't have McCaffrey on your IR. It's a sad day for you. Yeah, for sure. Because you've been just living the good life with Mike <laughs> Davis, and it's all about to come crashing down. It is. It is. It, and we should know the Panthers play tomorrow night, right? Which is Thursday. So mm -hmm. we should know later today, I would think. I can't imagine that he would be a game time decision after all this time out. True. Uh, moving on, Michael Thomas, a wide receiver for the Saints, has a hamstring issue. Adam Schefter reports that he could miss week eight after an MRI revealed he had a grade one hamstring strain michael thomas this season is pretty much i mean it's not done obviously we're only halfway through the season but a lot of issues surrounding michael thomas this year uh hopefully you get to play your first round pick at some point right uh dalvin cook the running back from minnesota has a groin injury he is still listed as questionable but seems um that they expect him to play mike zimmer said that he would practice today 
John Brown, the wide receiver for Buffalo, has a knee issue. He did practice um, in a limited fashion on Wednesday. And then some other guys that we do not have any updates on yet. At this point, it is 11.50 a.m. on Wednesday. Aaron Jones, Deontay Johnson, Sammy Watkins, Jameson Crowder, and Mark Ingram all are listed as questionable with injuries. So keep an eye on those guys. Yeah, with Mark Ingram's issues as well, I see a lot of talk on social media at the moment about picking up J.K. Dobbins. Yahoo has Dobbins projected, I think, around 13 points, and then Gus Edwards projected around 11. Do you have any trust in those guys at all? No, not at all. I I think Gus Edwards is probably the better option, honestly, but I wouldn't start either one of them. Yeah, there's, there's no way to know. And I guess we are going to talk about that a little bit more during the game of the week at the end of the podcast, but that's just been, (laughs) yeah, it's been a really popular thing so far is people asking about JK Dobbins. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, he could be a good pickup. He could get 10 carries or he could get two. I don't know. And with the Ravens, it's, they have the quintessential uh, co-op at RB right now. And just, it's impossible to tell. Yeah, for sure. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you about an app that we found. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. For NFL games, choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Now, the great news is we have a promo code to share with our listeners. You can use promo code BTBW50 when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy from the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Again, use promo code BTBW50. All right, now moving on to our good and bad matchups for week eight. Here we go. My first start of the week is Boston Scott versus Dallas. Now, of course, this is contingent on whether Miles Sanders plays or not. I wouldn't be surprised if Miles Sanders does not play because the Eagles have a bye in week nine. It would make sense for them to just rest him. And... Dallas's defense sucks, so Boston Scott can be plenty good enough to help them win this game. Um, obviously, if Sanders plays, I would not start Boston Scott. But if he doesn't, I think this is a great start. Um, Dallas is giving up a ton of fantasy points to running backs. They've allowed at least eight touchdowns to the position that I could find on Yahoo in the little stat thing. Uh, on average, they give up 178 rushing yards per game on average, which is the most in the NFL. And they give up 23 half PPR points per game to the position. Oh, my. That is ridiculous. They even made Kenyon Drake look good, which no other team has really been able to do this season except for Dallas. Uh, like I said, if Sanders sits... Scott is a must-start for me this week, and obviously that would not be the case if Miles Sanders plays, but you will play Miles Sanders for sure against Dallas if he plays. Yeah, Boston Scott, you know, he has a patriotic name. He's playing against (laughs) America's team. I think it's 
I think it's a good pick. The stars and, are uh, aligning. <laughs> the, the stars have aligned for Boston Scott to have a great week. And a quick shout out to Kenyon Drake. Since you mentioned him, we discussed <laughs> last night, he is third in the NFL in r- rushing, despite seemingly being one of the more disappointing fantasy first round picks. Yeah. Aside for either guys sense. who have gotten hurt or Michael Thomas, which is a mix of getting hurt and, and punching your teammates, apparently. <laughs> but uh, I agree. Boston Scott is a great play. Dallas has not shown the ability to stop anyone. Even Antonio Gibson this past week just was amazing. Yeah. My first good matchup is Brandon Ayuk, the receiver for the 49ers at Seattle. This week, Ayuk is in line for more targets and also has a fantastic matchup ahead of him uh the more targets is a result of debo samuel being out for week eight but Ayuk is now the number one receiver the real number one being george kittle but still and the matchup is with seattle which is seemingly in a shootout every week and the seahawks have allowed the most fantasy points to receivers this season Ayuk is coming off a 19.5 point performance against the Patriots, which was his first career 100-yard receiving game. The 49ers use him creatively with screens and toss sweeps and a bunch of stuff, so I think he'll get a lot of chances to pick up chunk yards. I think he's a guy that you can plug into your lineup and feel pretty safe about. Yeah, I noticed you picked him up on a waiver wire this week, too. Are you going to plug him into your lineup? Well, Godwin's out, and I don't feel comfortable starting Deontay Johnson. I need to see <laughs> a couple of games of Deontay Johnson not getting hurt. Yeah. And then we'll see what happens. And also, I guess there is a, a small chance he won't play. So yeah. I did plug in Ayuk to my flex. He's in there. Yeah. I, I I agree with you. I think this is a great call. Um, Seattle has given up. I looked up double-digit points to at least 15 different receivers. Ten of those were 20 plus points, which is crazy. You know, that's what I'm hoping for. If Ayuk <laughs> wants to pull a Tyler Lockett and get 55, that would be even better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's possible. <laughs> uh, my next good matchup is Marquise Brown versus Pittsburgh. Now we know that Hollywood Brown can be volatile, but given the right matchup and right situation, he can produce. Coming off a bye week, the Ravens should be well-rested and ready to go. They face Pittsburgh in Week 8, and as we've discussed some on the show, Pittsburgh has a great run defense, but they are weaker against wide receivers. Given how explosive the Steelers' offense can be, I think game script could be in uh, Hollywood Brown's favor. Pittsburgh is giving up 27.8 half PPR points per game to wide receivers, and Baltimore really doesn't have much wide receiver depth uh, behind Marquise Brown. If you've got injuries or guys on a bye this week, I think this is a great week to use Hollywood Brown in your lineup as a feeling guy. I think there's a very good chance he gets a lot of points, but I'm also just a little wary with the way yeah. Lamar Jackson, frankly, has been throwing the ball. He has not been doing as well as last season. And with a lack of running game, I think you may see a couple situations where they kind of have the linebackers back and they just sort of dare Jackson to throw again. We'll talk about this a little bit more coming up, (laughs) but I think Brown is a good play, but he still scares me. Yeah, no, I, I, that's understandable. And I think that's fair to say because he has had some bus games, but he's also had some boom games. And I think if you have to start him, this is probably one of the better weeks to risk it. 
Right. So our good matchups, the patriotic Boston Scott, Marquise Brown, Brandon Ayuk, and then my final one is Jonathan Taylor, the Colts RB at the Lions. Uh, the Colts have been teasing even more usage for Taylor, and coming out of a bye week, you'd think that this could be the week it could happen. He already has at least 14 touches and 62 scrimmage yards in every game. He's averaging 4.5 yards per carry, but the Colts RB coach has said more could be on the way if Taylor is progressing how they'd like. On top of that good news, the Colts opponent this week, the Lions, they've allowed the fifth most fantasy points to RBs, and they've surrendered nine total touchdowns to RBs in the last five games, including two to your guy Todd Gurley last mm-hmm. week. I feel if Taylor is going to break out, that this would pretty much be the week that it's going to happen. And, you know, if if I'm the Colts, if I'm Frank Reich, I'm going to keep the ball out of Phillip Rivers' hands as much as possible and hand off to Jonathan Taylor. So I think that he's going to have a great week, and hopefully Phillip Rivers, you know, doesn't even throw a pass. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Taylor gets like 40 carries. No, I I agree with you on this one too. I think it's another good call. The Colts are very run heavy anyway, and with Detroit being so bad against the run, I think that's exactly what they're going to try to do. They'll just try to pound it on the ground, and I think we'll see a lot of Jonathan Taylor. If I had him, he would definitely be in my lineup. Yeah, I think it could potentially be a bit of an ugly game too. Like if they're (laughs) going to run the ball that much, if the Lions potentially don't throw the ball very well against the Colts defense, I think this may be kind of a stinker game of the week, but we'll see. All right, moving on to our bad matchups. My first sit of the week is Devin Singletary versus New England. So there's a couple of reasons here why I don't like Singletary this week. First of all, he's been pretty disappointing over the last few weeks in general, and he split touches evenly with Zach Moss last week. Moss was more productive, which could start the tilt in his favor in the coming weeks, I think. Second reason is they're facing New England, who, yes, just got torched by Jeff Wilson and the 49ers, but outside of that, a good showing from Chris Carson um, was the only other good running back performance against the Patriots. They really haven't given up much to RBs outside of those two guys. The highest point total outside of Wilson and Carson was 12 in PPR formats, and that was to Clyde Edwards-Elair and Philip Lindsay also got 12, who both had 19 and 23 touches, respectively. And Devin Singletary is not getting anywhere near that kind of usage, and I think I would say far, far away from Devin Singletary this week and for the rest of the season, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it doesn't it doesn't help that the Bills' offense is also trending downward. Yeah after the last few weeks and like you said with Singletary you know it would take probably 20 to 25 carries for him to get into that 100 yard 120 yard range and he's just not going to get it yeah so I think that is a good call my first bad matchup is another RB the RB for the Bears David Montgomery they are playing the New Orleans Saints Speaking of offense trending in the wrong direction, the Bears really struggled Monday night against the Rams. Montgomery in PPR typically has about a 10-point floor, which is good, but the Bears' offense is really at its lowest point that it has been all season. Mm -hmm. 
He gets a bunch of touches, 17 or more in the last few games, but the Saints have allowed the eighth fewest fantasy points to RBs this year, and they allow just 3.5 yards per carry. Montgomery is simply just inefficient. Uh, the, the most yards he's gotten on the ground all year is 82. If you're in a position to sit Montgomery, I would at this point, especially this week. I think he's completely TD dependent. If you're going to get nearly 20 carries per game and only around <laughs> 50 yards, yeah, that's really, really poor. Yeah. I think you're totally right about this. And the only thing I wanted to mention was whoever writes the little blurbs on the Yahoo Fantasy app. <laughs> Said this about yeah. David Montgomery. I'm just gonna read it. It's really the funny. Dude, the dude has the movement skills of a busted refrigerator and can't make defenders miss or break tackles. Relatively speaking, he's a terrible athlete at the position. I don't know who wrote that, but that is not somebody that I want to start against one of the better run defenses in the league this year. Well, I, I think there's another sentence in there that's like also fairly blistering, right? It, it might be below that one. Oh, I don't know. I didn't see it. I guess oh, I didn't like he read says it all. something else. Like he basically just says that he's terrible. And it's just <laughs> like, okay. So Yahoo also, I think most of the things that they get are from other websites. Yeah. Uh, Roto World being one of them. But mm-hmm. yeah, wh- whoever that guy is that covers the Bears, <laughs> fantastic work this week. <laughs> yeah, he, he really got after it. I was like, yeah. wow, I cannot believe that that is so, you know, on the nose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my next bad matchup is Hayden Hurst at Carolina. Hurst has had two good weeks in the last two weeks, but I do not trust him. Uh, he seems to be more productive when Julio is in the game, which makes sense because the coverage on him is probably easier when they have to cover Julio Jones too. But Carolina's defense is giving up the 10th fewest fantasy points per game to tight ends when these teams met in week five. Hurst caught two passes for eight yards, and I said, fuck you forever, Hayden Hurst. (laughs) 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 With the amount of targets he's getting and how thin the tight end position is, you may not have a choice here, but if you start him, just know that he could get you two points. So I would stay away from him if I could. I'm never starting him again. (laughs) Yeah, I would stay away from him as well. But just so everyone knows, it is a little bit of a vendetta pick. It's a very educated pick by you, for sure. It makes all the sense in the world, and I don't feel that he's a good starter this week either, but you definitely have have an ass to grind (laughs) (laughs) with Hayden Hurst. Uh, Our bad matchups, Devin Singletary, Hayden Hurst, David Montgomery, and my final one is Matthew Stafford, the Lions quarterback against the Colts. Stafford is having a quality season, but not really the one we expected. Uh, He's He's had his bye week already, and some other QBs haven't, so this stat is a little skewed, but he's currently the number 22 quarterback in terms of fantasy points, which is just ahead of Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, and Cam Newton, to give you an idea of the kind of production that we've gotten from Stafford so far. The main thing holding him back also the last few weeks is that the Lions have found a running game, surprisingly enough. doesn't seem like in the Stafford era they've really ever had a, a productive back. for the whole season so couple that with the fact that he has thrown over 300 yards just once all season and the colts are allowing the fewest points to opposing quarterbacks on average in fantasy and i think that's a recipe for a lackluster performance tds aren't likely to bail him out either and he has allowed just seven passing touchdowns through 
six football games. So if your number one QB is on a bye and you're starting Stafford, I would consider picking up somebody else. If Teddy Bridgewater is out there, he has a good matchup against the Falcons, I would consider that. Maybe Justin Herbert is somehow still out there. I doubt it. <laughs> but if he's out there, I would pick him up. They're playing the Broncos this week, who are honestly still pretty stout on defense. But yeah. they're just... I just think the Broncos are totally bummed out. But anyway, Matthew Stafford, I would stay away this week. Bad matchup. And I just, I think there's a ceiling for what he can do. And I think that ceiling is probably 20, 20 points. And I don't think he'll get there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. He's only had two games of 20 points or more this season. And I don't think that uh, the Colts defense is one to hope that he will exceed that. I definitely don't think that's going to happen. There are plenty of other quarterback streaming options out there, which could lead us into our quick hit um, start sits here. So I'll just start with these starts. It's a couple of quarterbacks. Carson Wentz versus Dallas and Teddy Bridgewater versus Atlanta. Both much better options than Matthew Stafford this week. I think even Jimmy Garoppolo probably has a good matchup if neither of those guys are available mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. uh, Travis Fulgham. Fulgham? Is that how you yep. say it? Versus yep. Dallas. Anybody basically who's playing Dallas, you should start them. Anybody on the team <laughs> that's playing Dallas should be in your lineup. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Henderson at Miami, Corey Davis at Cincinnati, and then Scotty Miller and Gronk at the New York Giants. We like all those guys this week. All great matchups. Yep. And some sits this week. Drew Brees at Chicago, Evan Ingram versus Tampa Bay. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards against the Steelers and any Broncos receivers <laughs> against the Chargers. Despite the Chargers injuries, they still do have an all right secondary. Um, right now, Drew Locke just seems really out of it. And despite Judy being the number one guy, it doesn't seem like Locke finds Judy very often. We just talked about Tim Patrick mm -hmm. potentially being out. So... Then you have KJ Hamler, Tyree Cleveland. There, uh, there are a couple other guys, but I don't think you can start anybody and realistically think that they're going to have a good fantasy game with yeah. the exception of possibly Noah Fant, but they definitely were shielding him this past week. His ankle clearly is not right. I just don't think you can safely start anybody there. Yeah. So now I guess it's time for our game of the week. We picked Pittsburgh at Baltimore this week. And I think this is going to be a battle. I do too. I think it's going to be a great game. 6-0 and at 5-1. and one. Yeah. Uh, both teams are good. Both teams have good offenses and defenses. Both teams like to run the ball, but both teams are great at stopping the run. They both rank within the top 10 in that area. The Steelers have arguably the best run defense in the league and allow the fewest fantasy points per game to running backs, making any Ravens running back a no-go for me this week. We kind of already mentioned that. I do think that the Ravens could have a hard time getting the running backs going, so I think we might see more rushing attempts from Lamar Jackson this week, which is what everybody wants to see who drafted Lamar Jackson in the second round. <laughs> I certainly do. <laughs> run the uh, bar run 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 <laughs> on the pittsburgh side as far as the running backs go james connor for me is an every week start regardless of the matchup it is a tough one but 
I think you still have to start him. Both defenses have given up over 1,300 passing yards on the season so far, and Pittsburgh has given up 11 touchdowns in the air, while Baltimore has given up eight. As far as receivers, like I already said, I think you can start Marquise Brown. I would start, if Deontay Johnson plays, I would start him. (laughs) I know that they're, I mean, it's risky because he has gotten injured so much. You're totally right about that. I'd start Juju. Um, If Johnson doesn't play, you could maybe start Claypool. I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. Um, You're definitely starting Mark Andrews for sure. You could maybe even start Eric Ebron. This game is hard to predict because both teams are good, like I said, on both sides of the ball. It could end up being a defensive battle, but I think these offenses are good enough to move the ball against good defenses. I think Baltimore at home coming off a bye, I think they're going to win this one. I think it'll be close, but I think Pittsburgh will suffer their first loss of the season this week. What do you think? So I agree. I'm also taking Baltimore. Uh, As you said, with two good teams that are good on both sides of the ball, this may be the worst advice we give out all year, but I don't necessarily think that I can recommend to sit anyone other than the Ravens RBs, as we already talked about. If you have a guy that you would normally play, then I would play him. Yeah. If you have a guy that you're iffy about, you're going to be iffy this week. And if you have a guy that you would normally sit, then you should sit him. Um, yeah. There's always a chance that anybody could could get a big play, could get a touchdown to even out their week. And it's kind of an all hands on deck type game. You know, there's not a line or a matchup here where you say the Ravens run defense is just so good that you can't play James Conner. You know, yeah. just you're going to need Conner. They're going to need everybody on the team to win this game. So, with that being said, I did want to mention what they did last season. So, when these two teams played last season, obviously Big Ben was out for both games. One of the matchups was week 17 and Lamar Jackson didn't play, but they also played in week five and Baltimore won in overtime 26-23. As you recall, I think at this point, the quarterback was Mason Rudolph for the Steelers, but Jackson threw three picks. He threw for only 161 yards and he rushed for 70. Wow. It was his worst game of the year. I expect Jackson to be better, but honestly, fantasy-wise, not that much better, except for the interceptions. I don't think he'll throw three picks. Yeah. But yards-wise, around 161 yards is really what he's been doing most weeks. Now, maybe they'll need to throw a lot more to keep up with Pittsburgh, with the way Pittsburgh has been moving the ball. That's, you know, there's there's definitely a shot of that. So maybe 250 yards, kind of cap it there. Yeah. I think it's going to be fantastic. This is a playoff preview. Both teams are definitely going to make it there. And uh, I will also take Baltimore simply because Pittsburgh is still undefeated and everybody loses sometime. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. And Baltimore's at home. They're coming off a bye. I think, I think this is the week for Pittsburgh to lose. Which could be interesting. So if that does happen, Baltimore and Pittsburgh will both be six and one. And if Cleveland were to win over the Raiders, they would be six and two. Wow. So the top of that division would get pretty tight, despite yeah. the fact that Cleveland's two losses have come to Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and Cleveland got absolutely crushed yeah. in both of those games. And they're clearly not on the level of either one of those teams. But 
they're gonna be in the mix. Yeah, that's a that's a tight race there. It's a good division. All right, I guess all that's left is our starting lineups. Do you want to go first, or you want me to go first? I can go first. Uh, I am projected right now, at this point, to lose by four, one thirty-three to one twenty-nine. I have Lamar Jackson, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, and then as my third receiver, Brandon Ayuk in my flex with Deontay Johnson taking a seat. Uh, Chris (laughs) Godwin out this week with the fractured finger. And then I also have Debo Samuel in my IR slot. He is for sure out this week. For the RB spot, Derek Henry. I have Carlos Hyde in there right now. If he is not able to go, there are a couple of running back options out there on the wire. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do. I have Antonio Gibson on a bye. I have Justin Jackson on my team, but I do not feel comfortable with the way that he performed last week in a great matchup with playing him against the Broncos. Yeah, The Broncos still are stout against the run, despite their record. And Jackson got, he got out carried last week and I, it was really disappointing. I really thought I had picked up somebody there that I could plug in this week. Yeah. And I do not have confidence in him now. The tight end spot, I've got Mark Andrews back in the lineup. Uh, I picked up kicker Brandon McManus, a little Broncos flavor for my lineup with Zane Gonzalez. Now on a bye, I dropped him. And the Philadelphia defense against the Cowboys. So I feel like I've got some good matchups this week. The only question mark really for me is the second RB slot. Um, so injuries are playing a role on my yeah. team for week eight, but uh, I, I feel okay. Yeah, you can always pick up Joshua Kelly in place of Justin Jackson if you uh, need another uh, RB. There's, there's <laughs> Kelly, there's Jamichael Hasty. I don't know. I, I would really have to go back. The couple guys that are available that are the top ranked for this week are J.K. Dobbins and Damian Harris, two guys who I don't trust at all. Yeah, and, they, and then Gus Edwards is still out there too. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I would probably pick up Hasty and just roll the dice. Just hope, yeah. But Hopefully well, uh, Carlos Hyde will play so you won't have to worry about it. That's yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, but we'll see. All right. My lineup quarterback, Justin Herbert. I'm gonna stick with him as oh for the first change, huh? We we're in a long term relationship now. Justin <laughs> Herbert. <laughs> no, I mean I don't see any reason to not stick with him uh for the foreseeable future unless he really just starts bombing. I'm just right. gonna play him. For sure. He's already had his bye, so I should be set unless he gets hurt or something. Um, my wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, AJ Brown, not benching those guys. And then I've got Allen Robinson and my flex on my bench. The only receiver I have is Marquise Brown, who, like I said, I do like him this week. I do not like him more than Allen Robinson, AJ Brown, or Kenny Galladay. If Robinson does not play, I will probably go with Miles Gaskin and my flex. Um, I think he's my best option on my bench, although I do have Marquise Brown. And then I have Leonard Fournette on my bench now. I picked him up on waivers this Saw week. Saw that. Um, I dropped J.D. McKissick for Leonard Fournette. Um, I don't really need him 
right now, but in week 10, when I'm going to need a running back fill in, he is playing Carolina. So hopefully by then we've got some clarity between him and Ronald Jones. Maybe he'll be a good fill in. Um, anyway, I got off on a rant there. My running backs, I'm sticking with Clyde Edwards Elaire this week. Even though the situation with Le'Veon Bell is unclear, they are facing the Jets, which is a great matchup. So I think Clyde Edwards Elaire will still have a really good game, even if Bell also has a good game. My RB2, Todd Gurley. And my only question mark for the week really is my tight end spot, Jared Cook. I've still got him in there right now, but I've got Jimmy Graham on the bench who has a great matchup against New Orleans. And then I've got Dallas Goddard on my IR. If Dallas Goddard plays, I'm plugging him into my tight end spot without question against Dallas. I'm not anticipating that he's going to play. Play Like we said, he is expected to return in week 10. Um, but I could go with Jimmy Graham and a great matchup, so I'm going to have to mull over that a little bit. and make a decision at some point my kicker daniel carlson the raiders kicker and then the defense streaming pool is uh, pretty shallow this week so (laughs) i was able to and i have never in my life ever done this and we all know how i feel about people having two defenses but right now i have two defenses because i was able since Kenyon drake has been declared out I was able to put him in an IR spot, so I have an extra bench spot. Um, I moved Washington to my bench because they've got some good matchups coming up, and I didn't want to drop them. And I picked up Green Bay's defense against Minnesota, which I'm not super thrilled about, but it was one of the best options that there is out there. So we'll see what happens. So a few things here. I was basically told by you that I was a bad manager a few (laughs) weeks ago when I had two defenses. You were like, that's bad fantasy football. And now you're doing it. Sometimes there are circumstances where you have to do it. Now, if you have two kickers, I do think that that is kind of shitty. Unless you have like Justin Tucker and you're just obsessed with him or something like I think you need to, to switch kickers. But two defenses. Interesting move there from Kyla. However, The Packers defense, I think they are, it seems like Kirk Cousins is due for two or three turnovers every week now. Yeah. So that seems like a solid choice. In the tight end spot, I'm sure Hayden Hurst is available if you don't feel comfortable with either one of your guys. <laughs> I no? actually don't think he is. I think somebody has oh, him somebody now. picked him up? You know, Richard I think... Richard Rodgers would be a solid pickup this week, potentially. He would, yes, that's true. Um, I, I think Phil has Hayden Hurst. Who also, funny enough, ended up with Austin Hooper after I panicked after the first week and dropped him, which I should not have done. But, you know, I hadn't played fantasy football in a couple of years before last year, and I did not realize what I was doing when I dropped Austin Hooper in the first week. But well, anyway. we all make mistakes and and you <laughs> learned. So <laughs> but uh yeah, I think that I think both of us are in pretty good spots. Uh, the team that I'm playing this week is five and two. They have uh, had one of the better seasons thus far oh, in our who league. Are you, who are you playing? My new job. Oh, that's David. Yeah. Uh, but so he's got Mike he Davis is, as one of his running backs, though. So that helps you a lot. Uh, potentially, not, potentially, yeah. if if McCaffrey comes back. Yeah. Uh, if he doesn't come back, then. 
he's got Mike Davis in a matchup against the Falcons. That's so true. that's that's a pretty good <laughs> matchup. So, um, but he is currently number one in our league. We do have some discrepancies in points against, and that that have come to light after seven weeks. Are the team in ninth place is actually pretty far up there in points scored, but their points against is at, at least like fifty more than the next closest team, maybe forty more. So wow. she's getting totally unlucky. And then our second place team has only 728 points against, which is 140 more yeah. than the next closest team, which is actually me. So yeah, all I'm saying is the... that I, <laughs> I do feel that the team that I'm playing probably deserves to be first, but there are some teams down there including yours in the lower quadrant of our standings, which I think are going to be moving up very soon if things even out. And a couple teams ahead of me are going to be going down. So Yeah, I agree with that. Which Bethany's team is the number two team who has the lowest points against. So she's been she's been lucky in some of these matchups, especially after losing McCaffrey and most. I mean, no, no shade to Bethany. She's just been lucky because she lost her two top running backs. She drafted great. She had a great team. But there are definitely some luck involved here with her being five and two still and 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 number two in the league. <laughs> Sometimes you just get lucky. So yeah. six more weeks in the regular season. We're both in good spots. And uh we'll see how week eight goes. I think it's gonna go well. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm hoping for I'll be four and four. If I win, I'll be at five hundred. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it for today's show. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. Connect with us on our social medias and let us know how your season's going. If it's Hopefully it's turning around like mine is if it started bad. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. That is also where we post our weekly waiver wire favorites. We put that up on Tuesdays. And then you can ask us your start sick questions throughout the week. We try to answer every question we get. Uh, sometimes we miss a couple, but for the most part, we do pretty good. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next Thursday. See ya.